Now, you heard me say the word presentation. What that means is I'm not going to give a sermon today. I'm going to preach next Sunday. I'm launching a new series called The Invitation, where we're going to learn about the invitation of Jesus uh, beginning next Sunday. Today, I'm going to present to you the experience that all of us have been through for the last five weeks during this chosen series where we have come together as a church community to support and sponsor some children in Ghana. Now, we started this series five weeks ago. And five weeks ago, I preached from a passage in Matthew 25. And in that passage, Jesus, Jesus gives one of the most compelling, powerful teachings that, that you'll ever find in the Gospels. And in that passage, he says that at the end of time, when the Son of Man comes, the King comes, he will sit on his glorious throne. He said, and all the nations will gather unto him, and he will divide them on his right and on his left, like, like a shepherd does with the sheep and the goats. And he will turn to those on his right, and he will say, welcome. Welcome those of you who are blessed. Welcome those of you who have an inheritance that was prepared for you from the creation of the world. And then he's going to say this, for when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was without clothes, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you gave me medicine. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. And the people on his right, those who are blessed, will say to him, when did we see you hungry and thirsty? When did we see you without clothes? When did we see you sick? When did we see you in prison? And the king will say to them, whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you did for me. Whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. I preached that sermon five weeks ago. And then Peter Mutabazi came the following week to tell us about the great need in Ghana, about a group of children in the rural regions of the Volta region of Ghana, uh, where there was just, there, there is, there's, 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 there's just a need there. There's need for food. There's need for water. There's need for medicine. There's need for education. And he told us about that need. And then he provided us, through World Vision, provided us with an opportunity to be chosen by one of those children. It, it, we flipped the script on the whole child sponsorship model. Rather than us go and choose a child from a group of children, we got our pictures taken a few weeks, four weeks ago now, we got our pictures taken and those pictures were taken to Ghana and the children in these remote villages were permitted the opportunity and given the opportunity to choose you. And I would just wanna say this, we had a goal that we would sponsor 200 children as one family church. And can I just tell you this morning, Shaw and U City, our Shaw campus and U City and online, can I just tell you that our goal was 200, we ended up sponsoring 313 children by the grace of God. I don't think I welcome the Shaw campus. Can you just welcome them as well? They're joining us online this morning. And they dedicated some babies down there this morning too. So, um, so, so this, this, kind of, this kind of broke some of the metrics that World Vision was planning. They, they did not anticipate that a church our size would sponsor that many, many children. Here's what I really love. For every child that is sponsored... On average, about four other children are being supported. So that's five, five children total for every sponsorship. 
So I did the math. That's 1,565 children being sponsored in one way or another through the generosity of one family church. So I just want to say thank you. Let me start with that. And the great thing is that Rebecca and I got to go and meet those children. So those children that sponsored you, the children that you're going to meet today through the pictures out in the lobby at Shaw and U City, we got to meet those children. Uh, And when we showed up, there were hundreds of children in this field, and I'm going to tell you all about it. And they came, and they looked at your pictures, and they chose you. Uh, and, and, And what I want to do today is I want to get out of the way, and I'm just going to talk you through the whole experience. I want to take you on the trip with us. Is that all right this morning? So what I'm going to do is, if you would hand me that stool, Larry, I'm going to come sit right over here and get out of the way of this screen. And I'm going to walk you through some pictures and videos of that trip and invite you to join us. So let's start with this. On April 28th, we landed in Accra. And this is where we met our our travel partners. We met up with a group of nine pastors, uh, mostly of multi-ethnic churches or or African-American churches, to come together for the purpose of praying together Uh, seeking God together, seeking redemption, seeking restoration, seeking reconciliation for the church. We landed in Accra. We went that night to our our hotel, and um, a group of children in that area had prepared uh, a welcome for us, a welcome dance presentation for us. I'll show you just a clip of that. Yeah, so that was just a short clip. There was about an hour and a half of dancing. I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing. Uh, different outfits, different, all, all kinds of stuff. It was just incredible. Um, a, a really welcome, uh, a really warm welcome. Um, after this dance, there was another dance, and one of the young women who was dancing um, decided to pull my wife into the dance. So you'll get to see, a sh- I caught a short clip of that. There it is. <laughs> and then it gets complicated. And then it gets really complicated. Let's see here. Okay, wait. Now what now? There it is. There might be a clip of me dancing, but that will not be shown to the, uh, or ever. At my funeral, you can break that one out. Um, It was wonderful to have this really fun and exciting introduction because the next couple of days were incredibly uh, spiritually and emotionally intense. As I said, we came there with a group of um, of pastors of African-American churches and multi-ethnic churches. And what we wanted to do, and the re- one of the reasons that we chose Ghana was for the opportunity to go back to the, essentially the epicenter of, of, um, of where racial brokenness began. 
um, through the transatlantic slave trade. So we ended up going to uh, what are called the, 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 the slave castles um, or the slave dungeons, if you will. Uh, and there's a picture of one there. Um, these were built originally for trading timber and gold and, and, and that sort of thing, but they became the place um, where, where those who were being sold into slavery from Africa were, were housed um, right before they would take passage on the transatlantic uh, slave trade. We, we got there, and then we, um, as is custom there, we dressed in all white to honor those who had been tortured and killed and, and, and harmed in that area, and we went down into the interior. If you want to go to that next picture, we went down into the interior with uh, this group of pastors, and I, I really, it's one thing to know about it, it's another thing to be there. Uh, it, 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 I've never experienced anything like it. I'll probably be processing it for, for the next year. But we got in that place and we prayed and we wept and we sang uh, and we sought God together. I think there's another picture of us there uh, if you want to go to the next slide. Uh, it was a very emotional time with people talking and praying down inside of these dungeons. I think there's another picture of us uh, lighting candles, if you would go to the next slide. And we just spent time down there um, and, and praying for God to restore the brokenness of our world through the power of Christ. Um, we then went from there to a place called the Last Bath. The Last Bath is a, a, a river um, where those who were being sold into slavery would go and take the last bath before being boarded onto a ship. And so this group of pastors uh, and, 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 and wives came together in the river, and you can show the next picture. Um, we just spent time in prayer and, and again, uh, seeking God, seeking restoration for our world, seeking restoration and reconciliation for the church. You can go to the next slide. I think there's just some more pictures of the, of the group there in the river praying and singing and seeking God together. There's pro I think there's one more there, yeah, there's just, it was just an incredible time. Uh, after this initial part of the experience, then we headed out to start meeting the people of Ghana. Um, I'll just give you a sort of a list of uh, groupings of people that we met. We met some craftsmen. There's another, so there were a number of people that would make different, um, I think he's making a, a drum. Uh, we just met incredible people that were doing incredible things artistically and creatively. Um, we went to a market. There's another slide and just met uh, people who were making absolutely beautiful garments. We got to meet some of the weavers. If you look, uh, and, and this is in the Kente region where um, there, are just, uh, there are just a number of people that are weaving these incredible um, garments and these incredible, beautiful garments of uh, uh, very colorful and gorgeous. Um, next slide is a picture of uh, some of those garments. And then the next slide is a picture of um, one of the pastors, Pastor Edrin, who we became good friends with, uh, trying on his, his new robe. I don't know if he got that and if he's going to wear that this Sunday, but, um, but it was pretty awesome. Um, we, we had traveled a lot, and we were eating pri primarily um, the food the, from the local region. But on one of the long trips, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this part, we got so hungry we pulled over at a KFC. We just, we just couldn't, <laughs> we just couldn't help ourselves. And, um, and, and, and at, at the KFC, um, 
Rebecca met a, a ton of young women that were all in, enjoying each other's fashion. And so pretty soon everybody started taking selfies. Uh, <laughs> and really, some things are the same no matter where you go around the world. Um, so uh, I then got to meet uh, a group of pastors, a group of local pastors that are also being trained uh, by World Vision. That's just a few of them. Um, but that's some of the work that they're doing. They're providing additional training and education for the local pastors. And what was cool is um, the, 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 the man in the blue right beside me on the right, uh, he's a Presbyterian pastor. I believe the man beside him was a Pentecostal pastor. I believe this gentleman over here was a Baptist pastor. There were pastors from all different denominations, all different backgrounds. And it was just incredible uh, to, meet, to meet all of these pastors. Um, we tried to have some fun while we were there. We stopped at a rest stop, and um, I noticed that there was a trampoline, so I wanted the team to know that I still had some game. So, yeah. And that was me throwing a mango to my friend. Uh, from, there was a mango tree right there, so you could just jump up, grab the mangoes, and eat them. Um, so. <laughs> and then... And then we ended up going into what is called the Volta region. The Volta region is the region of Ghana where we are focusing as a church. Um, we went to the Volta region uh, and met a number of villagers there. The gentleman between the two people in orange shirts with the brightly colored striped um, top is uh, from, uh, he's the chief. He was the chief of this village. So we got to spend a lot of time with the chief and with the elders of the village and we talked to them for a long time about their needs. The way World Vision works is they go into a community, all of their employees um, are from Ghana. All of their employees that are on the ground in Ghana are from Ghana. So they will spend time connecting with the local elders and it might be a year or two years and asking the local community, what specifically do you need? How can we help to serve you? And, and, and how can we help you to accomplish your vision for your community? Um, in almost every case, it always begins with the need for water. It almost always begins with the need for clean water. Because as you can see in this particular village, um, the way the water that is being used to drink, the water that is being used to cook, the water that's being used to clean, all of that is coming from a, um, just this sort of kind of a marsh um, in, in, on the ground uh, that's about a mile from the village. Um, so I'll, and rather than describe it, I'll just kind of uh, show you a short video. Here we are walking back with water from the You can turn it up just a little bit. Um, where women get water two or three times a day. It's about a, a mile walk or so. And um, there's bread on my head. One on my head, too. <laughs> it's not easy work. Uh, it's not easy work. I think she heard her say. Um, so the, the women and, and children in this particular village walk about a mile to get water to bring back to the village. Um, and, and they do that multiple times a day. Um, and I, I did just a short video about the water uh, that we're bringing back. So I think I'll show you that clip. Hey, we're in the Segbale community in Ghana. And we've been meeting with a lot of the local um, villagers here and we just took a long walk to the water source and brought all of the water back um, with World Vision we're going to be putting in uh, 
um, uh, a pump, a mechanic, a mechanic, uh, mechanized pump that will then allow us to tap deep, deep into a water source, a reservoir here, and um, send the water to various outlets uh, throughout the village. So it's just so cool to be a part of this process. Um, and as you can see, the water that um, that the village is currently using is um, not not especially uh, clean. Um, they're right now on the short term, uh, short term to putting certain treatments in it to to make it drinkable, potable. Um, but soon they'll have fresh water coming out. So praise God, it's amazing. Uh, thank God, thank World Vision, and thank One Family Church. Love you guys. Yeah, I, I don't know if you were able to catch all that, but but essentially there is a pump now, or there is a um, there is a well that's been dug there now. Uh, there's been a borehole, and there's a, a mechanized pump that is 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 in process, um, and it will be serving this community very shortly. And um, and I I don't know if you caught the end there, but but the sponsorship that you all that we are doing collectively is helping to contribute for the payment of bringing fresh water to this incredible group of people. So we then went to a village that has already received water. So a village where a pump has been drilled and the people are, um, are able to enjoy fresh water. Um, we were greeted there by the chief. Um, I believe there's a next, next picture there. Uh, the chief of that village welcomed um, our whole group uh, welcomed Rebecca, welcomed me. I think there's a picture of me getting to meet the chief. Um, and then, um, you know, welcomed all of the pastors. Uh, and, and then they sat down and told us all of the changes that have happened in their village as a result of fresh water. Um, and I'll just give you a few. Number one, um, waterborne, uh, let me give you some, some stats. According to the World Health Organization, um, Water-related diseases account for about 4 billion cases of global disease and cause 3.4 million deaths annually, with 88% attributed to unsafe drinking water. In a recent study in Ghana, about, they found that about 60% of the bodies of water in Ghana are polluted either from industrial waste or agricultural waste. So, so the need to be able to drill holes into these aquifers and pump out fresh water is absolutely essential. Um, and so... Uh, we got to meet a lot of the people in the village, and um, it, it was kind of like it was kind of like church the way we grew up. The the you know there would be kind of a formal part, and then they would just open the floor for anybody to talk. Uh, and um, it was wonderful because we got to meet so many of the villagers, and they got to express their own experience of how the water has transformed them. So, for one, the children. For one, people are not getting sick and dying from waterborne diseases. Number two, the children are getting to go to school because they don't have to trek multiple times a day to the water source, so now the kids are getting an education. The moms get to spend time with the families. Um, without being too graphic, um, I think one of the older ladies in the village said, the wives and the husbands are having more fun together now that there's water. I don't, I don't wanna, it's just better, let's just say, for everybody. Um, uh, there are just a number of transformative aspects of having, <laughs> of having clean water. So here's a, a short clip of that village and the water source.
So, you, I mean, there's, there are three of these water points in this particular village. So this is just one of them, and there are two others. So you can just see it's absolutely transformative for the life of the people in the village to have access to, to, the, clean, to the clean water. Um, we then were able to visit one of the schools, um, and this is just amazing. Now, the kids, the, the outfits that you see, these are their Sunday outfits. Um, the kids got all dressed up uh, to, to meet this group of pastors and pastors' wives um, because this was just such a special day. And so um, they came and they wanted to show us how they were doing you know, academically and educationally as a result of the fact that these kids are now not having to go you know, miles every day fetching water. So they did a, a short little song for us. I just loved, I mean, yeah, they were awesome. I will say this, other than the people of One Family Church, the people of Ghana were some of the coolest, most wonderful, loving, kindest people on the planet. I'm saying One Family Church is the most, is the best. (laughs) But I just can't tell you how how beautiful it was uh, to be able to spend time with um, the kids and the parents you know, my, my wife is a school teacher, and so she just, she just would, she could barely leave the school. Uh, she was hanging around with the kids, and once again, um, you know how kids love selfies. So there was another, if you want to show that next, yeah, they're just more, <laughs> more, more and more, more and more selfies. Um, so after this tour, it was time for us to go to the choosing party. The choosing party is the event. Um, now, what you have to imagine is, there is this huge field, okay? There's this huge field, and in this field, there are hundreds of children, if you want to put that next slide up. Hundreds of children that are there, um, and they have been, uh, they've, they've come from, from miles around in that region, from the various villages in that region, um, to be a part of this choosing party. Uh, what happens is, um, there is a, a, a tent that's set up, if you want to go to the next slide, a tent that is set up, um, and as you can see in that tent, those are the pictures. And those are pictures of you. And the children would line up, and they would go into the tent, and they would look around. There were three or four of those tents sitting up, and they would go into the, the, the tent, and then, uh, if you want to show the next slide, and then they would choose a picture, and then they would say, this is, you know, this is the person that, that I want to choose. Now, Rebecca and I were standing out there in the field, and I poked my head in one of the tents, and I saw that there was a picture of us in there, and a bunch of kids were going in and coming out, and every time I would look to see if they chose us. Um, we were on the bottom rung, so I feel like we could have gotten chosen earlier, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> and then finally, this beautiful little girl, her name was Clever, came out holding our picture. So that is It's so powerful to be on the, um, to be on, <clears throat> it's so powerful 
to be chosen by, uh, by one, one of these children. It's really hard to put into words how powerful it was. She went in, you know, she, she saw our picture, and she decided that we would, we would be the ones to sponsor her. And um, when, when they asked, you know, they asked her why in her, in her native tongue, and um, she just said, I thought you looked nice. So I said, okay, we'll take, we'll take that. Um, we also got to meet in that next picture. Um, oh, this is uh, Rebecca with Clever. Um, and then if you go to the next picture, we got to meet her whole family. Thank you, Brenda. We got to meet her whole family. Um, her father was working, in the, in, uh, working on the farm that day. His name, was, uh, his name is Isaac. Um, her mother over here is Christina. Um, her older sister is Laurentia, and then she has a little sister named Kate, and then she had another little sister named Ruth, um, who's not in, in that picture. The, the, the great joy for us is that we'll be forever connected to, that, to this family. We got to spend quite a bit of time with them that afternoon, um, talk to them, get to know all about them, um, and then um, we'll, we'll get to interact with them for, for years and years and years as, um, as Clever uh, grows up. And of course, you had to end the party with a little bit of dancing. So this is the last clip of our set. I may have taught that young man the kid in play. That's not on that. I may have done that. Um, that was our experience. And now what I want to do is, is give you an opportunity to have your experience. Um, when Jesus gave us that story that I quoted at the beginning, what he did was he equated himself with those most in need. He equated himself with those most vulnerable. He equated him, himself the King of kings and the Lord of lords, with the most, those who are most exposed and who are in the need of, of, of most assistance, just on a, on a very basic level. What he's doing there is telling us something. He's telling us that we're not saviors, we're servants. We're servants. He said, what you have done for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you have done for me. And so what we have had an opportunity to do and what we have done by God's grace across this church is we have been permitted into a divine act, the act of serving, the act of caring for, the act of loving the Lord Jesus through those in need. I'm gonna show you one last video and then we'll close. You allowed love and light to invade the darkness and heaven came to earth. Sponsorship is such a beautiful program, but it has always been in the hands of the sponsor. The decision and the choice has always been in the sponsor choosing the child and said, no, we're gonna put the choice into the hands of a child. This is what the gospel looks like. You put the motion of choice into the hands of a child. You lived out the power of the gospel of God as you put the empowerment and the choice into the hands of a child.
can never forget those beautiful eyes going over right and left, looking for people they wanted as their friend. Chosen is truly amazing ministry. Coming not as the one who's going to save them, but as the one who's going to learn from them and to serve them. And my prayer is that your heart is stirred by God today to step into a relationship with a child. And that relationship changes everything.